Welcome to this week's episode of Food Safety University. I am super excited to have the entire best brother in the entire world uh, back on the podcast. And today we are uh, doing the first of a two-parter on enterprise resource planning. And trust me on this one, you definitely want your pen and paper. Food Safety University. I'm Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele, and this is the one podcast where you can get everything you need to know about food safety and how to run a food manufacturing plant for all of those small and local food manufacturers. If you are into local and sustainable food and agriculture, this is the podcast for you. Every week, we cover new and original ideas around how to get the most out of your HACCP planning and how to get your plant up and running and continue running in a way that fulfills your dreams. So grab a pen and paper because every week you're going to need it. See you on the inside. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the podcast. And I am super excited to have the world's most excellent brother, fight me on it, <laughs> because my brother, Charlie Tidd, is on the podcast again this week. I was just thinking he is actually my most frequent podcast guest, because as I'm fond of saying to Charlie, I don't know what other families talk about, but we talk about things like enterprise resource planning. <laughs> and so today I'm bringing uh, my brother onto the podcast, and it's actually a two-parter, um, and we're going to talk about the decision-making around enterprise resource planning and when, um, you know, like, for, and this is for those of y'all who know that this is kind of like your next step. So you've got, you know, maybe an audit or two under your belt uh, and you are trying to keep track of a whole lot more things. You know, we spent the summer talking about money mindset and this is really marrying up managing your your financial life and managing your inventory and production life uh, and charlie's going to talk a little bit more about that so charlie why don't you introduce yourself and then why don't you give your definition of what enterprise resource planning is and um and what um and and what enterprise resources planning like kind of isn't so that we all have a good working definition and then we'll go through this and oh and I want to tell everybody we're going to do this in the six-step process which is how we do everything because I'm only bright enough to think of how to do things um in one of six steps <laughs> so, <laughs> so take it away Charlie tell us who you are and 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 tell us your definition of ERP planning or ERPs and ERP planning you know <laughs> okay uh, well, thank you, Michelle. That was a wonderful introduction. I really appreciate that from, from the most awesomest sister I know, um, or I could know. Um, so, yes, my name's Charlie Tidd. Uh, I have now been, uh, goodness, uh, almost a quarter century in uh, manufacturing, <laughs> and I'm a supply chain professional professional. Uh, I have uh, worked for large and small companies, mostly large, um, and uh, uh, mostly in the supply chain area. A bunch of different roles um, in production, uh, production supervision, purchasing, planning, um, sourcing, gosh, uh, master scheduling. I've worked on sales and operations planning. Um, 
Uh, let's see, what else? I got my uh, MBA at Rice University in 2009. Um, and specifically around ERPs, uh, my entire career has, uh, uh, I have had uh, four or five different ERPs that the businesses I've worked for have used to execute their mission. Um, I have also been uh, 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 directly uh, and intensely involved in three ERP implementations and uh, have observed two others. Um, uh, and the biggest thing is uh, uh, on that front is on Monday, uh, August 23rd, we're on Saturday now, I will be starting a new role at Thermo Fisher Scientific as a senior manager for uh, master data, uh, specifically materials master data, which is very much involved in managing the data within the ERP, uh, specifically uh, part numbers, really, how the unique identifiers that we're going to use to identify the physical materials that we use to make our products. Um, so, uh, what is an ERP? ERP is an enter enterprise resource planning tool, uh, and it is uh, intended to be the system or database. I mean, technically, it is a database. It's a very large relational database, but it's intended to be the system that you run your business on. Um, a good ERP uh, in a, in a well-run business will be the source of truth for your business. You want to know what your inventory is? You look at the ERP. You want to know what you're selling? You look at the ERP. Uh, you want to know what you're buying? You look at the ERP. Uh, you want to know how much money you have or how much money you're going to have or all those things. You look at the ERP. So it's the one place that is intended to unify all the different orgs and processes that are in your business. Now, um, what an ERP is not is it is not necessarily all the processes that you use. Um, you, you, um, so. How to think about that? An ERP is not going to manage your communication. Sorry, go ahead, Michelle. Is it is it something that would? Because I think a lot of people will have this question. Is it something that mm -hmm. will manage your HACCP plan? Like I've got to cook, I've got to cook this ham, this you know, this lot of hams to this temperature. Yeah. Uh, so you can, you should uh, include uh, the HACCP plan. Uh, what I've seen in most businesses is that kind of documentation of policy and um, broad process is usually stored in its own system, but you could okay. store it in the ERP. Um, um, and then you would refer to it in the ERP. So for example, that very kind of specific uh, uh, instruction or requirement should be included in in your ERP in the form of a work instruction or a recipe. Okay. Okay. That is associated with the uh, 
the product that you're making. So there mm -hmm. would be, so the recipe exists as a document that's in the ERP, and then it has a link to uh, if you're making bagels, right? Let's say you know, plain bagels, um, plain bagels and poppy seed bagels, right? Uh, the plain bagels and the poppy seed bagels, uh, in my experience, they would each be assigned a part number. And then both of those part numbers would have a link to uh, that, that process, which is the common requirements for all bagels or maybe right. for all cooked food. Okay. Um, and it, and it depends. And this, you know, that that's where a lot of the thinking goes in is, you know, what's common, what's different, you know, where can I use one document to satisfy a lot of things? Where do I need multiple documents? But, the, right. but because that's a very specific requirement, you should probably keep track of it in your ERP. So you're always telling your folks, okay, this is, this is, um, this is a requirement of the process. So we, we're going to say the ERP is the source of truth on how you make a bagel. It is, and, and the specific temperature um, that the bagel needs to experience to be cooked is going to be included in the process in making the bagel. That's pretty cool. Okay, so you were saying what your ERP is not. <laughs> yeah, um, so, the ERP is um, generally you're going to have communication outside of your ERP. You, you should also uh, put a standard uh, processing inside the ERP, but um, the ERP is not going to include your mission statement or your your goals and and your values. Um, um, but those are all critical. Um, sure. Right. Um, so um, I guess where I'm going is when you're, and, the, and this is the big thing, when you're doing an ERP implementation, remember that you, it is a transformational process because uh, it's going to change the, the day to day how you, how you transact your business, but it should also transform your business. Uh, you can't just think of it as a computer system and an IT problem. Everybody. A glorified Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly, right. E for an ERP implementation to work, um, literally every function has to be involved and every function has to be bought in and see it as a, uh, as a priority. Um, okay. Which, I, which we can get into later, things, things I've okay. learned in ERP implementations. Okay, no, that's great, because that's gonna, that's gonna take us to our first question. And of course, while you're answering these questions, it's like, you know, the, the definitions, but then what's your lived experience? Yeah, you've been mm -hmm. in big manufacturing, but on, on some level, we're like all making widgets. Yes. <laughs> and yep. we have to widgetize this on, on some level for people to be able to, to understand it. Yep. So to looking at all the looking at all the people that end up being involved, you know, the first step in the six-step process that I use is, is we form the team, you know, mm -hmm. and you and I have talked about this ex 
extensively, yes. <laughs> you know, at many a Thanksgiving table. Um, but the but the idea that you've got to have like the right people in the room um, yes. in order to make good decisions. Yep. Okay. Right. So like what team do you want to put together to even make this decision about an ERP? Yeah. Right. right? Is question number one. And then how do you know that they're like the right people? Um, right. So um, this goes into, you know, how do you, how do you create a team? Right. Um, so generally you're, you're going to need uh, representation from every function in your business. So, you know, I, I've mostly been involved in fairly large businesses. So you, um, you have to have executive leadership on board. Okay. This, this is a, this is such a big and um, uh, existential change to the business that without executive sponsorship, it's, it's not going to work. And I have seen where um, uh, uh, implementations where uh, the ERP implementation was not a priority for, for the executive leadership. And they were disasters because they weren't planned for and uh, people ran simultaneous projects alongside of it. Um, and, um, and, and they were unplanned and under-resourced, under-resourced. Um, so so it, it, you do have to have, you know, the, the executives have to understand it's required. They have to understand it is a major fundamental investment in the business. Um, and um, they have to lead the charge in, um, uh, in rallying, rallying the team to make this change. Um, okay. You need- so it the sounds function. like you, yeah, it sounds ahead. like the evaluation of the executive is, is are they willing to lead? Are they willing to be the champion, like we say in yes. the lingo? Exactly. Um, and and be can is it possible to be a champion of the project and still be terrible at it? Is it possible and still be what do you mean terrible at it? Like well, you know, like somebody's like all in, you know, and I don't know that this would happen. It may be like doomsday scenarioing where but you have an executive yeah. who's like, no, I'm all in, we need this. Oh yeah, and and they're not and and they and it still fails? Absolutely. Because you, you could have an executive, so you could have an executive who just directs it's going to happen and then doesn't do any of the necessary um, leadership in, uh, in explaining why, why it has to happen and um, getting the buy-in from leadership and from the uh, people on the production floor who are going to have to make it happen. Um, um, yeah, right. If it's just the executive's pet project and they're just saying, go do it, and they're not listening to, um, to the people who report to them, yeah, it, it can absolutely uh, fail and destroy a business, yes. So um, forming the team is critical. Um, so you, you're going to need, um, and, and this, this part is not, particularly my expertise. The one book that I read in, um, in my, biz, uh, my MBA program that, that really 
did this well is uh, our iceberg is melting, which is a nice parable. Um, sure. Um, and it's all about change management. So I'd encourage you to read that book. Um, um, so, but you're going to need representatives from finance, from quality, um, from operations, uh, from who are the other orgs, uh, human resources. Okay. Um, okay. Logistics Re probably, or do you have logistics? logistics yeah, right. If, if you have separate supply chain or logistics teams, um, you know. What about inside sales? <sighs> like the people um, who we yeah. talk a lot about the people who pick up the phone who schedule the animals for slaughter. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So they're they're going to be using the ERP. Yeah. So uh, in in my world, that would be called commercial ops. Okay. Commercial operations. Okay. Uh, generally, your sales team, your your outside sales team, they're not heavily involved in that. Um, the the ERP is more about how you run your business on the inside, but they are definitely impacted by it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, hopefully positively, hopefully greatly positively, you know, that's, that's what we want to see with an ERP implementation. But um, so you're going to need um, uh, certainly the leaders of all those, uh, of all those organizations uh, involved in the uh, executive team. Um, that that does this, and um, and they they really all they really all need to be bought in because the thing about an ERP implementation is, like I said, it's not just an IT problem. It's not just a computer system. It's not just a database. It it's it's really the the it becomes part of the DNA of your company. It's it's a well run company in ERP is, is one where um, the company relies on the ERP and, uh, and they consider it important enough to invest in and to uh, maintain and thus they trust it, mm -hmm. um, right? Um, there is, it went, you know, the, 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 the old saw is garbage in, garbage out, right? And if you, if you don't trust the output of your ERP, you're, you're kind of in a world of hurt, you know, because then you're relying on things outside of the ERP. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so. that gets us into, into the next question, yep. which is, uh, what, are, what are the problems that the, the ERP solves? Yep. And what problems don't they solve? Right. So... ERPs are going to help you with uh, uh, things like inventory, sales orders, purchase orders. Um, they will help you prepare your financial reports and do the financial analysis. Um, uh, they help with your operations, uh, scheduling, scheduling the work, knowing what you need to work on. Um, um, and, and they are, what they're best at is being stores of data and, um, and then uh, the, the one place where you go to transact that data, right? 
um, what they are not good at uh, is uh, they're not going to run your business for you. You still need people to make decisions. Um, the one thing I have learned in the past few years is ERPs are really great at storing data. They're not going to analyze it for you. And uh, there are generally other tools that um, you may need to consider buying. Um, in my world, um, that would be a tool like Legility or uh, a production planning and detailed scheduling module. These are, these are extra tools to the basic ERP um, that will extract the data from the ERP and do um, the analysis and optimization and yeah, optimization. Uh, so I, I, for the past 10 years I've been in planning, so that's what I know best. And the, the, the thing that's become clear to me in, in the past few years is the ERP will store the data, but it, it's if you have constraints, um, if you have infinite capacity or more capacity uh, than, than you need or enough capacity to meet your peaks, that's great. It's going to make your life easier, and, and you should be driving for that. But if, if you have real constraints where real decisions need to be made, like you're not getting all the parts that you need or all the ingredients that you need exactly when you need them, or you have um, uh, more things sold than, than you can uh, get to in a week, you're going to have to decide which ones you're going to do first. Um, and uh, a basic ERP is not going to, solve those problems for you. It'll be the place where you implement your decisions. And those problems have to be solved. And you're either um, paying somebody who's probably doing it in Excel outside the system or a, a better way to do it is to use a tool that is going to, um, is, that is going to guide you and help you through these decisions and, and generally those tools from companies that are, you know, this is what they do, right? They, they implement industry best practices to solve these problems and they have uh, backend connections to your ERP. Um, what I have found in, in, my role, in my jobs is if you don't have those tools, you're going to be uh, having somebody who has intimate knowledge of your business and uh, access to all the data, doing it outside of the ERP, but then it becomes very difficult to repeat or scale that. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and and that's the benefit of using those bolt-on tools. Is is that is com that is completely fascinating because yeah. the relief that the ERP brings does not come from, I mean, yeah, superior data and data you yeah. can trust brings yes. relief, but that it does not then do the forecasting, do the, right. yes. like, like it informs the forecasting and informs the production planning yes. for that week, but does not spit out, nor should it ex be expected to 
spit out a production plan. And I right. got to tell you, Charlie, I don't think I've ever sat in a sales meeting for one of these for one of these where the sales guys like nobody will spit out a production plan, and it never does. Right, right, right. Because it it's it's really a big database, and and then the next step is is how do you use that data? So um, so no, it's 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 really critical. Um, um, and you're going to do it one way or the other. Um, so you're either going to do it uh, uh, paying a lot of money to really skilled people uh, who can do it, but it's difficult to transfer it to a new person, um, or uh, you can pay for one of these bolt-on tools. Um, and then, and then I, I think it's much easier to create the standard work within those bolt-on tools. Um, okay. And then your transitions are training people to use those tools that have industry best practices built into them and the, and really the, the a solid IT infrastructure, um, sure. you know, where the reports aren't going to break, you know, right. Or, right. Right. Yeah. No, that's super interesting because I am just thinking now that we're talking about what problems they do solve and what they don't solve, and we're going to get into step three of the process in the next yeah. question. But I think that very early in the very early in the process, there's a break in the understanding and the assumptions yeah. that both sides are making. And I, I'd, be, I'd be super surprised if people recognize that they're even making those assumptions. Because yeah. it almost feels like the water you swim in, like, why would you do this if it's not going to spit out a production plan at you? But, sure, yeah. Right. So, but then the question is, is can you plan for the bolt on, as we say, right. you know, like the add on that makes this thing useful um, as well as the big database itself. Okay. So that's super interesting because that gets, that gets to the crux of like who we are solving this for, which is of course, step three in the process. Right. So for whom does, an ERP solve problems, who doesn't it solve problems for? And for whom, like, where's the turbulence, the wake, as I call it, right. um, of the ERP process? Right. So, so a good ERP really should be solving problems for almost every org in the business um, to some degree or another, certainly operations. You know, operations lives in the ERP. And there, there I'm talking about manufacturing, shipping, receiving, um, uh, quality assurance, uh, finance. It's, it's, it should be solving problems for finance. Um, if, if you're replacing a whole bunch of Excel spreadsheets with an ERP, you're getting one unified place for all your data. Um, uh, it should solve problems for leadership. Right, uh, you're, you're, um, the the system that you're running on is going to be more stable because you know you're buying a product that is designed to be resilient. Um, and uh, make no mistake, if you're running on a whole bunch of spreadsheets, um, that's a system. Okay, a system is both the tools and the people and the processes that that conduct an operation so um 
it should be solving problems for all those, really almost every organization. Sales probably indirectly in that, um, in that the operation will be more reliable. Um, you know, speaking of bolt-on systems, I've, I've frequently seen uh, generally sales not operating directly in the ERP because uh, ERPs are mostly designed to solve operational and financial problems. Uh, and uh, Salesforce is the, um, and there are others, I think, um, that are, um, you know, they're really designed to solve problems for sales. Um, so that's, a, but it, that's another bolt-on system. Okay. Um, and then if you're, if you're considering this carefully and uh, making the investment, Salesforce can then be a direct input to your ERP. Um, and, and oh, like have, it bookends it. Exactly. Right. Because, you know, you're doing your, uh, your quoting and your forecasting in Salesforce. Um, and, uh, as, as you develop projects and they come closer to fruition, you know, you're, you're both increasing the likelihood of what you're going to sell and the precision of what you're going to sell. And then that can be used in your forecast. Got it. Okay. That's okay. a super interesting distinction. Huh? Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So, um, Yeah. Sorry, where were we? The um, where, yeah, oh, so, and then the wake, and and this is this is so critical. And I, I speak from a place of pain here. Um, the the wake ERPs are massive projects. I, I do not underestimate uh, the the time and effort and brain power and energy that ERPs are going to take. And, and, and they will take it whether it's a good implementation or a bad implementation. Okay. So Ouch. make it a good implementation. And the, the, the thing that I have seen over the past six, seven years of, of, uh, of, of executing and observing ERP implementations is you, you will tend to have a, a small set of core people in your business who are who really know what's going on, who really know how the business operates in the details and um, who are also executing the plan. And you, the, you need those people to be involved in your ERP implementations. I'm talking about generally they're uh, individual contributors. Uh, now I'm very much speaking auto, autobiographically now, um, but you're going to want these people involved because part of an ERP implementation, and we'll get in this in the next session, is process mapping, right? You, 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 and and these are the people who know what's going on in the day-to-day -day business, um, and you need them to help you uh, in your implementation to plan plan your implementation to do the pre-work and then doing the implementation, doing the training on the new system. Um, but that is absolutely more than a full-time job for these people. And so 
the wake of an ERP implementation is the, the best ERP implementations, you, you, take those, um, you take those experts in each of your functional areas and you put them on bubble assignments and you say for the however long your project is, six months, a year, 18 months, uh, and that's wing to wing from kickoff um, and all the planning to uh, implementation to um, uh, the, the, the first two, three months after implementation until you say, okay, we've, we've implemented and we're steady state now again in the new world. The best implementations, these people are put on bubble assignments. They're assigned to that project. That's their only job. And you backfill those people to, because you still have to run your operation. Your plant has to run because that's what's generating the revenue that's funding your ERP implementation. And if you're not shipping your products, you know, you still have to run the business. And the temptation is to ask those people to both prepare for and execute the implementation and run the business uh, concurrently. And that is a recipe for a disaster. That is how you burn your people out. And that is how you increase your turnover and you lose your best people. Um, that is super interesting. Uh, that yeah. is super interesting. Okay. So that's a lot for, that's a lot for people to take in. So I'm going to break us here. <laughs> We've been doing this for like, uh, um, for about a, about a half hour. Um, and I think that that's a, that's a great place for us to stop. We'll pick it up again in the next podcast. Uh, so I wanted to thank you for coming on to the podcast, Charlie. Um, you are super epically awesome. And, uh, we will, uh, talk to you in the next, in the, uh, next installment of this. And folks, uh, you'll be hearing that next week. So, uh, so tune in and y'all have a week full of awesome, my friends. Thanks so much for listening to the Food Safety University podcast. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, I want you to go to dirigofoodsafety.com and go check out all the things that we have. If you haven't gotten your HACCP download, go get that or book a call with me and let's talk about getting you into Food Safety University. I'll see you on the inside.